This week, experience the raw and authentic energy of co-founder of Core9 Fitness and founder of Mindset Warrior Coaching, Jake Ward. From an intense drive to look after and protect the loved ones around him, having grown up in the not-so-great parts of Rockingham, Jake got into martial arts from an early age. His staunch character and his refusal to take a backward step not only brought about success within the fighting ring, but soon outside of it, and before long, he was firmly part of gang life and culture. However, it was being heavily in debt and dumped by his girlfriend that was the catalyst for Jake to level up and rebuild a better version of himself. Taking his staunch, unstoppable strength of character into other areas of his life to turn his life around and grow exponentially, Jake now acts as a beacon to others of what can be done and has built businesses to serve others to operate at their highest. We talk about individual power, importance of values, the impact of beliefs, developing successful behaviours and weeding out low quality distractions out of your life and so much, much more. This conversation really is an amazing insight into the mind and being of someone who's so intensely focused on rising up above his past to build his own future. Jake is non-stop and he's an endless supply of raw benevolent power. It was a true privilege to be in his presence and absorb his story. So enjoy, Jake. Hello and welcome back to WA Real. I'm your host, Bryn Edwards. Physical fitness, warrior mindset, as well as rising above poor past decisions and overcoming the limiting factors in the environment around you is where we're going to go to today with my guest, Jake Ward. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bryn. Um, I'm super stoked to meet you today, actually. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks since we spoke. So, yeah. Um, first question I like to ask people, because there is the WA in the WA Reel, is um, you are born and bred in Western Australia, yeah? Yeah, that's correct. And so, tell me a bit about growing up in Western Australia, because, you know, I have people who moved here, like me, nine years ago, and, you know, I'm always curious to know what was it like growing up? Um, well, for me, you know, I think uh, grew up with um, separated parents. Um, my mum and dad always tried the best to support me um, with the resources that they had. Uh, we grew up in Coolingup, and for those who are from the Rockingham area, know that Coolingup's not the greatest area. There's, you know, a lot of Indigenous, there's a lot of people that are around the area, and it's not necessarily just the lower end, but, you know, it's just a, one of the poorer areas, especially back in the day, so... You know, grew up with um, fighting a lot of kids uh, with me and my brother, and um, yeah, so that was mostly like the the period from our lives from you know seven till ten, and then uh, moving to the Warmbier area wasn't the greatest area in its in in its such then, and we went to primary school there, and um, again, you know wasn't the greatest area but we just did what we had you know we're just kids back in the day we used to just ride our push bikes uh do bmx and um yeah just just be kids man yeah have you ever left western australia have you thought about it yeah i've left western australia a few times traveled to europe did five weeks over there and like any aussie battler we've all been to bali bali heaps of times <laughs> you know and like everyone but i've been to thailand training kickboxing did a kickboxing camp over there with my best mate nico we were training for a fight at the time and um we went over there did a two-week camp and it was um yeah absolutely fantastic man Cool. So I have aspirations of traveling the world, but you know, one step in front of the other, 
uh, at a time, you know what I mean? Do you see WA has always been your home? WA will always be my home just simply because of my friends. I have a strong network group of friends, man. We love each other. We're like family. And then also my family that's here, you know, my mum, my dad and my brother. So I couldn't really see myself moving or venturing out. Again, I'd love to travel. I want to travel all the world, see, you know, the pyramids. Uh, I want to go, you mm. know, live with Buddhas one day. Uh, mm. There's heaps of different things that I want to try and experience in this life because at the end of the day, on your deathbed, what are you left with? your experiences and your memories and the people that you shared with it. 100%. 100%. So in your story, there's a, a real strong focus of like physicality and fitness and also mindset. So, you know, if we, if we chunk up, why is that so important to Jake? Well, if I'm completely honest with you, man, um, when I was a kid, you know, I grew up being, you know, overweight, you know, you know, I was going always from skinny going to overweight, I had glasses, so I kind of had, you know, a bit of a weak self-concept of myself, if that's where I think it all originated from, you know, I kind of grew up thinking, you know, and not necessarily acting, but I kind of felt like I had a weak, weak concept of the way that I looked, and I guess if I have a look into my psyche, you know, that was traumatizing to me, and I didn't want to be that way. So I kind of did everything in my power after being bullied and everything else to try and try to turn that around. So luckily there was a point, and I'm sure we'll go back into this um, later in the podcast, where I kind of manifested that into reality and and made it become who I part of me and who I am today. Is that the Xbox story? That's the Xbox story. Tell me. So I guess, you know, I think I would have been between ages 11 or 12 and... um, yeah, I was. I think I was just grounded at home from playing up in school, and um, you know, at that time, it was kind of you know, a little bit of a low point in my my life. Um, just been getting picked on and bullied at school a little bit. Although you know, I would always defend myself. Always had this strong belief that I was a strong character. But um, I just remember one day I was really upset. You know, I was grounded. You know, my friends were around me. Everyone was out, and I was playing an Xbox game. It was um, like a street fighting game. I can't remember the specifics of it. And I was playing this game and, you know, we could create your own characters and it was like a street fighting thing. So I kind of made this character at the time, which I thought it was everything that I was not, you know, his looks, you know, he was a really good fighter on the game. And, you know, I said to myself this day, I was like, why, you know, why can't I be like that? You know, why can't that just be me? And um, I was just, you know, and then I was like, you know what? I was like, someday, you know, I'll be able to protect myself. And I don't know why it was such an big importance for me just to be better looking than I was for some reason. And like, I didn't think it's linked with being with girls and everything else like that. But I just wanted that. And although I wasn't at the time, I just wanted it so bad. And then um, I guess things led to, you know, one action led to the other. If we fast forward to where I am, I've manifested that well and truly and done everything in my power to create that. Mm. Mm. but yeah that was just I was playing that Xbox game and I just said you know one day I'm going to be like that guy in that game and then was that pretty like resolute that was that was you know that was was firm you know I I believed it with every bit of me that I would be like that and little did I know until that actually happened that that's when you get the choice to you know manifest your reality by your thoughts that you make and the actions that you take day to day awesome awesome so um, I guess one of the key steps from my understanding from that time was um, martial arts for you. Yeah. Uh, you got into that quite 
young as that correct? Yeah, so for me, like, uh, I think... How did you get in? How did you decide? So, like, I have a strong group of friends and, you know, growing up I was a computer nerd, loved computer games, bit of a tech head, still am to this day. Um, yeah, we always used to go to this place in Rockingham called Landworld. If any of the listeners know they're from Rockingham, uh, know what that is. It's just a big gaming place where everyone goes there, overnighters, and I had my, you know, close group of friends that I always do, like Benny, who's my business partner, Chris, Cab, um, and heaps of the boys, Neil, one of, who's my long-lost best friend, who's actually living with me. All of our crew always went there, and, um, you know, as we're going through high school, you know, we're playing, we used to play there all, all the time, but as we're going through high school, you know, like anything comes in, you get, like, to the ages of 15 and all of that, and you want you want to go start out going out partying with the girls and everything else like that and it was when we started to do that i i noticed you know a lot of us were getting picked on by bullies and you know little street little graph gangs and everything else like that and we all we all stood by each other and i think it wasn't it was a turning point then when i noticed that happening to my friends and everything else like that i was like no nah. Um, this has got to change and my brother who you know who's my older brother he he was kind of in the cool cool people's uh, club type of thing cool people's clutter I can call it and he knew all the guys and was he playing games and being attacked no no <laughs> he, he, he was he was like the quite the 180 opposite you know what I mean he was a cool people hanging out with all like the, not necessarily gangs but just not hanging around with the cool crowd and the people that are in the know so uh, that was kind of the, my little uh, safety net for me and my friends and I decided, you know, I'm my own man. And one day, this is, so I'm not going to have this anymore. I'm not going to be have to go out and have to worry to look over my shoulder. You know what I mean? Because, you know, my, one of my best mates, Ben, he got his teeth knocked out and he, um, when we were in a fight. But that was before that. Um, before that all happened, it was, you know, when we were getting picked on, I was like, nah, enough's enough. And that's when my brother was into UFC and UFC was slowly starting to come into mainstream media. And that's when we decided to start training martial arts. Right. Uh, I was, I think I was in, I was 15 or 14 years old. And that's when I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing. And then that eventuated to like, uh, freestyle martial arts and Zendukai. What, um, what did you enjoy about it at that point? I guess for me, I've always been a pretty competitive person, um, and and that's not just. Um, I I think it's competitive person, in the sense that I'm, I have a belief that I always want to be the best, and it's not to take it away from anyone else. It's just a personal value that I have to always try to be better than myself, and um, you know it's a good byproduct. You know to co- have a comparison to around me because I find that, you know. If you always want the best for yourself and, you know, there's someone above, a level above you, that's fantastic having that because that pushes you to grow and become better. So for me, um, that, that's one of the big reasons for me. Um, obviously, you talked about being picked on and being in fights and stuff. Mm-hmm. How did that all change once you sort of, in effect, upskilled? Um, when you know like I said when that all changed it was kind of you know like word of mouth type of thing everyone knew that I was training and um, you know training martial arts and it became really known and then it came into sometimes when our group started to you know which I don't condone now but we used to fight a lot when we were younger and we started to get into fights and then started to get known as 
you know, we won't back down and yeah. we will fight no matter how many numbers, no matter who it is. Yeah. We, you know, we won't take a backward step. Your, your friends were doing it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. My friends were doing it. Oh, not all of them, but back then it was mostly just me. I had to have a couple of friends that went into <clears> martial arts. Like my housemate Cabbage, he was in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and now he's kickboxing. He's actually training for his second fight now. But it wasn't until, you know, that we started to get into fights and people, you know, and and would I I I would say that you know when we were younger we never went out there and necessarily ever looked for it as well because we understand what it was like to be bullied, um, but we just never took a backward step and that slowly became known not just to leave us alone and that's all we wanted you know at the end of the day to be yeah. left alone and just so you can have fun and which is very unfortunate because in today's society a lot of people are in the same boat. They don't want to go out. They don't want to go out nightclubbing. They want to go out into partying or whatever you think because there's so many people out there that are there for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And from my experiences, you know, especially now, that you should just be going out there to generally connect and have fun with people. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about further where mm. it taught you, but at that earlier age, I mean, martial arts instills a whole stack of stuff. What were some of the things that you were instilling at that point that are stand you in good stead now? So I think the biggest key factors that I could take away from martial arts is the drive, the self-discipline, the integrity, and the ability to do things when you don't want to. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that applies. I've used them same skills that I have and integrated it with my life. And that's uh, my foundations of mm. being successful. Tell yeah. me about the doing things when you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what it'd be like, man. Like when we were younger, especially when, when you were younger and you don't, you know, fitness and everything else has developed a lot way now. You know, we used to get up still, myself and my mate Nick, when we used to fight back in the day, we were up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m., going for 5K runs. And we we're only 15, 16 years old. And then we, were, we didn't understand how to diet correctly. So, so we'd mm. be on like these five, six to a thousand calorie diets and putting three hours of training in each day and day day out you know what i mean whilst you know going to school still and then we still replicated the same behaviors when we got full-time jobs as well so mm. you know what i don't know if you knows what it's like being on you know next to no food because you don't know what you're doing and having to get up run 5ks in the morning and then go to you know go to school and then catch the bus and we'll train to two to three hours catch the bus home and it'd be like nine o'clock at night and we would do that for you know like two two anywhere from eight to twelve weeks leading up to a fight yeah did you find that um you said earlier on people were leaving you alone did it start to bring other people who fancied themselves in yeah way? yeah it did gravitate uh, uh, people towards us um in in that retrospect of things and including like you know my brother as well being there as well and then we're kind of getting known oh these guys won't back down and that kind of grew our respect in our group and it gravitated a lot of people towards us but in the uh, in a in a nutshell, like we had a we had our group and we didn't you know we yeah. accepted new people in, but I've still got that same core group of friends today and um, yeah. It's pretty cool actually to have the same core group of friends. Yeah, well, most of us have been f- more friends for fifteen to seventeen years, like pretty much nearly all of them. My business partner, we've been friend best mates for twelve years. Neil, I've been best friends since I was nine. So that's almost 20 years and two years. So, and then Cabbage, Nico, and all the boys as well, they're all 10 to 12 years. 
so I'm, I'm really fortunate to have that group of mates and uh, still still be sh- as strongly connected as we are now yeah almost like your family your bigger extended yeah. family as a set between them and my brother it's just yeah we've got one big family my, my, my brother has all his friends and um, all his close group of friends and I have me my friends and then there's me and my brother and then our whole groups just integrate now that's awesome so it's a very fortunate man. Like yeah. um, some people aren't as lucky to have that in life, and um, yeah, I'm very grateful for it. So, yeah. so how did you go from where you were to being brought into the gang life? Well, so I guess you know, like if I if I go through the timeline, you know, doing kickboxing and school and everything else like that, and we're getting out. I was age seventeen. Um, still, you know, age 17, got my first full-time job and was just going through the motions. I trained and fought from ages from 17 to 24, 25. Um, Did you win much? Yeah, yeah, I won generally most of my fights. There was a couple of them that I lost, a couple of state title fights, and that was just due to the fact that I was partying and I wasn't putting the right work ethic in and I was just getting distracted by my environment. And um, I completely understand that. And it was such a good learning lesson, you know what I mean? Mm. We, both fights that I had were really close and um, against real strong competitors. And I feel, you know, if I put my all in, you know, I'd have two two to one state titles now. But it's, it's a chip on my shoulder that I'm slowly working towards getting off as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's something that I'm going to get after. But how I got involved with all the, the gang staff is when we're, you know, still the same patterns were kind of emerging, you know, go out, party, fight, go out, party, fight. And whilst so I was still, that part of, part of the night out then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like very, like I always say, it's a, I had a very yin and yang lifestyle, one of chaos and destruction and then the other one of self-discipline, health, nutrition. So it was kind of yeah. a counteracting yin and yang lifestyle, if I could say it. But yeah. um, I think, you know... Sort of extreme balance of yin and yang. Yeah, you know what I mean? It'd be like three months yeah. of nutrition, hard work, and um, dedication, discipline, and um, well, most of the time anyway. And then summertime, as soon as that's off, we'll be out partying, you know, taking illicit drugs, all that crap, all the stuff that you do when you were younger. And then... Um, yeah, that happened. But yeah, I guess the turning point was kind of like when we got a little bit older, started nightclubbing and then started to find, you know, like when you go to nightclubs, there's different crowds and that same pack mentality that we had from growing up as kids kind of rolled onto the same thing when we're at nightclubbing and unfortunately getting into different fights with different crowds. We soon get to fi- we soon got to figure out who was who. Who's who in the zoo. Who, yeah. who, who's who in the zoo. And then it was just kind of a pecking order thing. One fight led into another and led into another. And then we got to know these different people. And then, you know, I think it was mostly my brother that kind of got the association first. He knew the guys, you know, like the, the, the pecking order, who was the top of the pecking order in the Rockingham and local area. And then... It was kind of his thing, and then I was always fighting. And then um, one day, you know, we just kind of got to know all these guys. So that's where it all started, I could say. Yeah. So, pardon my ignorance, it's not like a I would like to join initiation. It's more of a you just end up at an association yeah. being present yeah, and be, in the crowd. And- yeah, being in the crowd. Um, then being obviously associated and then them them specific people knowing your worth and what type of person you are and then what how was worth defined 
worth, I would guess, like anything, man, if you're a stand-up guy, if you're staunch, you have a backbone, um, you, have, you don't take a backward step. That's the kind of things that people are looking for, you know what I mean? And that sort of crowd, just, you know, that you, you're not scared to throw down, you're not scared to take a backward step, and, um, you, you know, you can stand on your own two feet. Right. So what did being part of this gang mean? What did... Like, what well, it's generally defined, like, if you go by it, as, like, a brotherhood and everything else like that. But I only joined... I had a lot of friends that were in this specific gang, too, you know, that I grew up with. I think there was, like, five, six or seven of us that joined. And they were, like, mostly my brother's friends. But I joined mostly because my brother joined and me and my brother are attached at the hip you know we love each other deeply and um i i said to myself one day after i just finished a kickboxing fight and something had happened in the the gang nothing horrible and um i just said that man if you know i, I can't have the you know i can't help the feeling that if the, there was something to happen and i couldn't be there and something happened to you yeah um that would ruin me so I was like, if it takes me to be able to protect each other, to join with you, that's something that I'm willing to do. Mm. And then that's why I joined. The word protect comes up a lot. What does yeah. protect actually mean for you? Well, what is it's it something that's something, it's, it's a high value of mine and I yeah. don't know what it is, I guess. I guess the word protection to me and why I am the way I am is self-empowerment, having power and having control but being able to be humble and not abuse it so when you're a powerful figure in the senses you strong willed you know how to you protect yourself dearly to you, your friends and everyone else i think that that to me is one of the most powerful things you could be providing that you don't abuse it if yeah. you're powerful you can make people that are weak feel humility and bring them up a level because yeah. they know that as opposed to scared and it's supposed to implement fear in them if you're powerful and you're you're a good person that's genuine and authentic you know you can bring everyone up around you because people seek you know people are automatically drawn to power whether mm. they like it or not whether that's in money social status or anything else like that people are automatically drawn to that so if someone that's automatically drawn to that and that person is a person of humility, genuine authentic, uh, authenticity. Mm. They can bring everyone up around them. Mm. So I guess that's that kind of just links to being the reason why I'm so protective mm. of you know just just everyone and and of myself. So you're in the gang. How how did you actually? When did you? When, why, how did you leave? I mean, um, so when, why, how I did I leave? It was, you know, because like I'll, I'll be very transparent, I, I have not been part of a gang. The only thing I've ever seen is on yeah, like, Sons of Anarchy <laughs> or something like that, where they're literally, they're literally freaking burning tattoos off people before yeah. they're allowed to exit. Hey, stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, so I can't comment on whether or whether or not that stuff does happen or not, yeah, but um, it was kind of a uh, it was not an awkward situation. It was kind of a different situation where, um, how can I put this into words? There was a segregation of two sides of the gang and for whatever reason that it happened, each to their own reasons. And then a lot of people had a choice to move from one side to the other. 
and um, because there was some internal issues at the time and people had a choice to move and then we all decided that we we're going to move and then we kind of backtracked on that reason I said hey like listen I don't have anything against this side I don't have anything against this side you know we have respect for them respect for them but in the path that I was going down with and I know you know like um as being in the gang they took away my fighting privileges and fighting was, you know, one of the. How things. do you mean? Because you were part of the game. Yeah, yeah. So they they took the away my, my license. Yeah. Uh, to fight, um, and I was like, listen, I was like, respect you guys, and I respect you guys, but me, my brother, and there was a couple of other people, all the people that I grew up with, which said, hey, this isn't this isn't for us anymore. Mm. Um, I'm my own man. You know, I stand on my own two feet, and um, this is this is the end for me. And then we how was that received? Uh, then we handed all our stuff in. You know, people handed in all their colours and all their all their bikes and stuff like that, and it kind of because we had a mutual respect for everyone. In, yeah. In in every you know, like we had a mutual respect for mm-hmm. everyone that was in it and still in it, and um, we just kind of said our our goodbyes, and um, that was replicated, um, and in a respectful manner, and which you don't see often, mm. but. Um, in this certain circumstance, there was no harsh feelings. Some people go out in bad standing because they've done, you know, whatever reasons, you know, I mean, like had sex with someone's girlfriends, they've taken drugs that they're not having or meant to have, or they don't kind of represent the ethos that the club stands by, you know, being staunch, standing on your own two feet and whatnot. So it was just a mm. fortunate situation where everyone was mature about it. Um, you know, there was things that were replicated. You have to give over your certain stuff, you know, all your colours, all, all your club gear, making sure that you have all your club, club tattoos covered up, which was done by us. We all got our tattoos all covered up and then everyone handed over the stuff that was, you know, rights to the club. And then we just parted ways, which was very lucky. Does that sort of thing happen often? It was it was a very uh, weird situation when there was yeah. a splitting of the two. There was a you know inside dramas for whatever reasons, and one side split and went somewhere else, and the other side stayed. And then there was still internal you know things that needed to be smoothed out, and um, yeah, so that was it was just a unique situation. Really, it doesn't really mm. happen too often because where were you with being in the gang prior to that? Were you like enjoying it, getting fed up with it? Um, part of it da, 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 or I was working fly and fly out a lot and uh, I was working fly and fly out a lot and unfortunately I lost heaps of jobs and not for doing anything because I always had a good work ethic but I lost a lot of jobs just because people in the fly and fly out industry found out who I was and they discriminated against me so I, I was because you were part of a game yeah I was discriminated a lot against you know and it was it was, it was fucking shit yeah, man, and excuse my language, it was shit, man. I was discriminated against in nightclubs. I was discriminated against in heaps of different things, and mm. that's what you know drew a lot of us to this this lifestyle because everyone, you know, you have tattoos and everything else, and obviously there's a dogma and stigma behind tattooed people and everything else like that. You know, people with not transparent mindsets, and yeah, they were just you know discriminated against heaps, and then it, then that just compounded, and then. Yeah, it was it with working fly and fly out and everything else like that. It was just yeah, it was a shit experience. So this was quite a yeah great like, opportunity I, for it to open up. Yeah, man, I remember losing multiple jobs where I was on two hundred thousand dollars a year, and that was not for any specific reason. It's just 
you know, they, they would find a little little something that was next to nothing and then they'll say, hey, your service is no longer required. We're doing a demo. And then the supervisor would be like, you're one of the best guys on our team. Why the fuck are you getting demoed? Hmm. So that's why I yet can't disguise that. It happened to me twice. Right. So you leave the gang. Yeah. There's more drama to get to the bottom of the pit. Yes, there was. Tell me about, I mean, we go through that, but... Tell me, what was the bottom of the pit for you? Um, so I guess, you know, like while I was in the gang, I was um, subject to a lot of personal development stills. You know, it was, very, like I said, a very yin and yang lifestyle. You never yeah. think of a, you know, a bikey or a gang member doing personal development and trying to make him the best version of himself while still being involved with it all but I guess that was the type of character I am I will never let someone define me I define me and I will always yeah. stand my own two feet I will not be subjective to pack mentality if I'm set in my ways I'm set in my ways you know what I mean and that's what I wanted to do so it was it no one would ever guess it I remember going I think I might have still been in the gang then or just got out I was at Tony Robbins seminar yeah, and for those of the viewers or the listeners know what Tony Robbins is, he's the biggest yeah. personal development woo-woo guy in the world. You go to one of his parties, or sorry, uh, we went to an event called Unleash the Power Within, and we'll dance and jump and jumping up and down. Who did you go with? Uh, my best mate Tomo and uh, Jacko. So we went there, and was, they, were they in the gang as well? Ah, uh, no, no, they weren't. No. They weren't, yeah. uh, but that was just one of my good mates. And um, yeah, we went there and it was through a two or three day or four days, I think it was. Well, there, you know, it was very transformational. And yeah. that's one of the things that led me into being a coach as well. But um, just to just to bring it back. Um, uh, so where were, sorry, I got I'm lost. Trying, I'm, sorry, I'm still picturing someone in the gang going to a yeah. Tony Robinson. Man. Yeah, that's I know. Quite, it was, it was yeah. funny. Um so bring it back. Where was yeah. the? What was the pit? Oh, so yeah. After you know doing the gang and being involved in personal development and getting out of it, it was you know that was the pinnacle when you know I started to change my life around. It was a you know I left there. I'd still changed. I had all this fantastic information that I was upskilling, going there, breaking through transformational barriers that I didn't even think was possible you know what I mean to rewire myself in such a way and that journey just went on consistent you know what I mean I um there, there was a pinnacle in my life which was the changing point and you know the changing point was me is I lost another job sorry I'd lost three I'd lost three jobs and um, I lost this job you know I had no money uh, I was broke. I was in $40,000 worth of debt and I was on uh, charges for a GBH charge that I didn't even commit. And I was fighting that in court, arguing with my girlfriend. Uh, I was doing anything that I could to make ends meet just to mm. uh, stay above float. I think my girlfriend and I ended up breaking up and she ended up leaving me as well. So that was, you know, that was my turning point, you know, $40,000 in debt, no money, no, no girlfriend, no support. And, um, yeah, and it was there on compounding on that. That was the, that was the bottom of it, and that was the the pinnacle point. And I was like, enough's enough, you know. What do you think, looking back at it with hindsight? What was it that drove was driving you down that trajectory? It was just, got it, you to that. It point? was just my careless mentality, man. Like, right. I just didn't. You know, in in when I was in that mindset and that mind frame, I just didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know, I wouldn't. I'd have that authority where, you know. People must, you know, like it was in, you know, I had an opinion in at work and, and it was in the best interest for all our work crew and everything else like that. And, and I guess 
again if i bring it back to that that powerful protection thing you know i had a superintendent that was being a dickhead and um and i just wouldn't take it and told him to, you know told him to get fucked and all this other shit told him to piss off and then that made me angry i got sent home and then i went home and then i think i was arguing with my girlfriend at the time and um yeah she kept hanging up on me hanging up on me and ended up punching a hole through my donna door and putting a poster up and that kind of um yeah that kind of that's what got me sacked but um yeah i guess it was just that uh cert for power and yeah it was just yeah it was hard well you got this up coming yeah out of you. yeah pretty much man so yeah and so you're sitting there 40 grand in debt girlfriends left you gbh charge that you hadn't 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 committed man what was and the epiphany and, and it was just like I don't know if everyone I'm sure heaps of people have been in similar situations I'm not going to say that my situation is different from anyone else's out there but you know when you have you can't provide for yourself you know you've got these problems compounding on you you've got two options there you'd be a victim of your circumstances or you rise up and you know you take responsibility for your shit and your actions and that was what changed me I was like ah oh, no one got you in this freaking place but you it's like your problems from being angry, your problems from acting out of certain ways, your problems for yeah. not being on top of your debts, your problems for doing this, your problems. I just said, you know what? I was just like, I've got two options here, just to just to keep falling deeper and deeper into this rut or rise up, stand up, take the responsibility and change. And on that day, I just said, you know, and then that's when that... um. And that drive just came out of me. I was like, I'm never, watch me. You know what I mean? I'm never fucking feeling like this again. Yeah. You know? And then um, that day... It's almost day, like that same, I'm not taking a backward step, staunchness. Yeah. Which you physically had in confrontation and fights. Yeah. You had to do somewhere else. It was different to that. Is that right? Mm, it was just a confront. It was just a mindset thing, man. And on top of that, I know my first job was getting out of debt and uh, getting myself back on the... Um, back on the straight and narrow so just first thing I did was you know put well you know redid my resume made it look as professional as I could mm. and um just changed my mindset I was like I'm not gonna yeah. rock up as a you know a, a scumbag anymore I'm gonna rock up as a, a professional you know professional in my trade at the time mm. and then after that I finally sealed it down a job and then I just just took a process of elimination man google what does it take to be successful yeah, <laughs> and then and then they just led me into books like Rich Dad Poor Dad, Cash Flow Quadrant, uh, Think Rich Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, yeah. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey or something yeah. like that. And then it was just a vast array of books, and I just started planning, just started just, just jamming, yeah. and that, that's when the work ethic of um, you know, my martial arts came out. You know, and to, to this day, I'll still wake up and I'll grind until I go to bed every night. Everyone, like, don't get me wrong, there is days where I don't, but you know yeah. the majority of it you know i'll be up at whatever if i'm four o'clock or six o'clock to for the gym i'm there and i'll work all the way to 10 10 30 at night every day and i just done that you know religiously and that's how i got through you know paying off all my debts transforming my mindset transforming myself uh, educating myself growing as a person and I guess it was just the process of eliminations I paid off all my debts I knew I got an understanding of business and understanding of marketing I got an understanding of personal development got a, you're just opening the book up and the easiest way that I can describe this is you know you're like a cut 
you pour water in the cup and that's your knowledge base of how much you know how to earn or no, you know maybe if you just you know how much you know how to earn or you know how much you know, it takes to become a better person or you know how much it makes to uh, you know sell something in marketing or sales it's like just having five separate cups and just filling them up to, with water at each one and each time that you fill the cup or the content up in the cup you level up so it's like mm. you know if you're at your trade and that's only $60,000 a year that's what you're limited at until what you expand and grow and understand more knowledge and understanding how to do it so it's a process of just filling up all the right cups that it took to be successful from my experiences and once I've done that just keep leveling up my cups and then um, that's what you know that that compounding effect led me to you know pay off all my debts save up you know a hundred and hundred twenty thousand dollars how um, did you do that was that still just fly yeah fly and fly out just doing fly and fly out you know doing the four and one rosters uh two and one rosters three and one rosters five and one rosters anything that i could man and i was just sacrificing all my time you know i sacrificed all my time from the ages of you know like 20 to 20 for five 26 so I sacrificed that yeah, period of my life, you know, I missed out on everything. And if anyone that's listening as a FIFO walker, they know that the struggles that all FIFO people mm. go through, missing out on family time, they're missing out on, you know, birthdays, holidays, uh, just generally missing their friends and family so mm. much. And that's where a lot of mental health issues can come in, you know, yeah. depression, you know, social anxiety, isolation. That's so many things there, but... I was fortunate enough to not to suffer too much from any of that because I had I was hindsight and purposeful and knowing what I wanted to do, and then um, after getting through all that, saved up enough money, and then I was work I worked with a lot with who's actually my business partner now, and we worked together in business, but we worked together in scaffolding as well, Benny. And um, we'd just sit there and we love telling this story. You know, we'd sit there, you know, I was always thinking about these ideas. We'd do this, we'd do that. And originally we we're going to open up a cafe called Health Freak Cafe. And we're like, yeah, we're going to do this because it was kind of aligned with our values of health and fitness. Yeah. So it was like every day, you know, we'd be working together. We're like, what can we do to get out of there? Because, you know, the FIFO just compounds on, you know, day in, day out. It mm. almost becomes robotic. And um, yeah, we just sit there, we'd go out to the job every day and with a notepad and brainstorm and brainstorm and brainstorm. And then we found, you know... You two working together. Yeah, we found, we, then we eventually found something that we had and then, you know, a lot of people say they're going to do something and they don't do it. There are so many people that say something they go, don't do it. And everyone just looked at me and Ben like, you're probably, you're saying all this shit, you're not going to do it. Yeah. And um, we're probably like one of the few people that have actually done it and succeeded at it yeah and coming from scaffolders people know scaffolders are just said yeah they were usually just you know brutes no no intellect just dumb as shit and um yeah. that's what we're like kind of you know perceived as in that's the fifa yeah, yeah 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 so it's funny and um yeah yeah and that's what led me out of the fifa game man yeah. after all of that how um you know you're putting all this work in you know leveling up across different areas of your life um by the sounds of it, obviously your, your best friend Benny was doing the same as well. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. What about um, other friends and family? Were they supportive or not sure or working out what's going on? Or well, man, I didn't Cause really because one of the things you see quite often, or I hear particularly in podcasts, is like people they want to make a change, and then strangely enough, everyone around them sometimes can be like, "Oh, I actually like you the way you are. Can you just stay that way?" 
Well, and see, some people get on board, some people don't. Um, man, like I guess you know you, you you are a product of the most people that you hang around with and you're also your product of your environment and that's because that your environment and the people that you hang around with influence you and it's mm. also programs you if you know you you notice the difference if you know you're in a, a gloomy dull shitty environment you feel different mm. um but in that retrospect you know i was fortunate enough to be through all this stuff you know i was a computer nerd i was a hoon i did burnouts i've been involved with fights gang fights um you know been bullied been a martial artist been fought people professionally in the ring quite a uh, quite a a different things but what i was very fortunate to do is never really lose my core values of who i was so like you know i'd be involved in you know, gangs and all that other stuff. And then I'd go around, hang around with my best mates and be the exact same dickhead that I was. And people, you know, it, it was almost like like bizarre because mm. people would see me in this certain authority way and then my friends would turn around like, he's a fucking dickhead. Yeah, you know what I'm mean? Like, yeah, like, it's like, why the hell was he freaking trembling for fear for no reason? Like, he's a dickhead, mate. And I was like, shut up, bro, I don't care. Yeah, so, but that that's probably what the main thing was. I never lost my core values and I always had good core values. Mm. And it was just, you know, like being a byproduct of an environment and I got different behavioral changes. Mm. And then when I understood all, all the stuff from my personal development stuff, just started working on my weak points. I guess something that I get really good at it out and over time, you know, over time when I'm doing something consistently, I can find my weak points with myself, in my business and in my game or whatever it is. I find my weak points and I work on them. Mm. and that's just I guess the part of being you know wanting to always better yourself but yeah I yeah never I, everyone was really supportive you know what I mean I was just lucky that I never did change so I didn't really get too much byproduct because again all the people that were toxic in my life kind of diminished when I left all the gang and all that other stuff and then I still always have had mm. my same group of friends with my brother and he was involved with that stuff too so we just kind of it was kind of the same but just I got better mm. So that was lucky. So, um, which came first, the gym or the mindset warrior? Was it the gym? The gym. Right, and so, that's what you and Benny were sketching yeah. out. Yes. So, tell us about the gym. So, I guess, I guess, you know, uh, the gym we opened, so it was the March, not la- last year. So, what was that, 2018, March, I think we opened. So, we've been open a year and six months. And um, everything's going really well for us there. But um, again, like, two th- yeah, 2016 left the gang. 2018 opened the gym up. And um, yeah, I guess what led us to the gym was obviously we had a high value of health and fitness. And then you, know, you, you look at it, you know, we got like boxing, we got the kickboxing, we got the Muay Thai, we got the strength training, we got the hit training. It's a compound of everything that we like. And we're like, this looks freaking awesome. You know, we could, we could do this really well. Yeah. And then... Um, while we're doing fly and fly out work you know everyone's like oh you're freaking we're talking about it you won't do it and then we eventually did it and then um yeah we opened up what was it like leaving uh, your last, your last it, it was probably one of, the, one of the most empowering things anyone could ever do to have the courage to chase your dreams invest your whole life savings into 
something that you're not even you're not even sure that's going to work you know what i mean we've done all the precautions in upskilling as much as we could but i guess you, you know, don't know what you don't know do you? you know you don't know what you don't know and you just have to in life you just have to take that step outside the comfort zone because it's in them moments it's in them moments that you grow we get hit with unpredictability and uncertainty you get hit with self-doubt but every day you just got to put on your thinking cap and keep moving forward mm. and um that's what we did man um we opened we didn't really know what we were were doing in a necessity of things like we had, had support from the franchise but the franchise was still building itself as well and working all about their teething issues so we didn't have the best support that we could have had at the time although it's gotten a lot better since then so we just opened up and um we just did what we did best, you know what I mean? Me and Benny worked really well together. Um, we have our little issues like anything else, but surprisingly, like now, if you look, we look back on it, it's really insignificant. Me and Benny have always worked together, so we've just worked together. Yeah. We found out our weak points. Like I said, we're good at picking out weak points, and we just hit the ground running, man, and um, the business is growing exponentially now. And, mm. um, you know, we... And what's, the, what's the... What's the premise behind Core 9 that makes it different from any other gym? Well, like any other regular gym, man, um, you know, you've got, you, you got your standard bodybuilding gyms and then you kind of have your boot camps and then you have your, your 45s and everything else like that. Mm. But what makes us really different is that we, it's a 31-minute workout. You burn 250 to 600 calories. Some people burn 800. Um, it's a personal trainer with you absolutely every session. And there's no session or booking times. So we have specific opening hours that you can come to the gym. And any time that you come to the gym, you have a personal trainer with you every step of the way. And then that, that way you get that personalized touch. Yeah. And then what me and Benny understood as well with learning everything else, it's the biggest thing in making things most successful. And Richard Bandler would say, not Richard Bandler, Richard Branson, it's in his book, Think Like a Virgin. He's like, look after your customers. Without your customers, you're nothing. Mm. and just showing people that you give a shit about give a shit about them give a shit about their needs and you can have a good banter so it's being like genuine and authentic but also separating that with fun it's the best way to add that you can treat a client and we just that, that just compounded for us you know we got that personalized touch and we just looked after all our guys and that just yeah compounded and compounded and compounded and it's just growing ever since awesome so when when did the Mindset Warrior come about? So again, like, um, you know, I went to Tony Robbins and everything else like that. And that's what kind of sparked the interest. Like, uh, you know, I know that I knew the power of self-transformation myself because I transformed myself. And I was like, if I can do this, right, someone that's been a nerd, bullied, overweight, uh, hoon, reckless driver, gangs, and fought with gangs, bloody everything, every type of person that you could think of in one person, if I can flip the switch and turn around and change myself to become the best version of myself with big aspirations to help so many different people, who the fuck can't? And excuse my language. Yeah, well, no, but you sometimes know what I mean? who can't. So if, if I can do it, everyone can do it. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that there's probably people that out there that is worse than me, you know what I mean? But I understand if I can be involved in that, and I could go to a personal development seminar and be involved in a gang at the same time. <laughs> it just means that, you know, with the right training and the right um, mindset, you can change yourself. It's just understanding your values 
and your beliefs. That's all the only thing. There are two things that will control you. Your value is what's important to you and where you spend your time. And a belief is something that you believe to be true. And in our mind, we can set these limiting factors, limiting beliefs like I am not good enough, I am not this, I am not fit enough, I am not this. And what happens is these beliefs start to run your psyche, whether you like to know it or not. And it can be something so small, it's like a weed almost growing in a beautiful rainforest. Yeah. And it's like pulling these weeds out and these self-preset limiting beliefs or that are just controlling your psyche. And once they're transformed... You don't even, and it's so, so weird. I've worked with guys and myself where it's just this thing where I'm thinking it's true and then when it's brought to my attention and it's challenged and it's changed, my whole perception changed and the way that mm. I feel changes. So now if we have a look at metacognition, thoughts become feelings, feelings become emotions, emotions become behaviors, and from then behaviors as a result. So if you're thinking and feeling a different way, your your outcome's going to be different. Mm. So, and that's, that's the same thing with limiting beliefs, you know what I mean? If now I perceive something, if I look at something, but now I don't have a belief that controls me and I think about it in a different way, I'm going to produce a different outcome. Hmm. And that's the power in being able to understand your values and your beliefs. And that's, that's what's the two th- key things um, that transformed me. Mm. And obviously, you know, like behavioral conditioning and stuff like that, just doing things differently, consistently, yeah. day in, day out, and reaffirming and reaffining. Because I found there are sort of two different ways to hit it. One is you go deep down into the beliefs and try and bring that up to the light and mm-hmm. see, you know, is it mine? Is it productive? Is it not? Mm-hmm. Bring it up to the light sometimes makes things just look as daft as they actually are and they burn mm-hmm. off. But then sometimes it's the repetition of just doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. And then that seeps in and reshapes the belief as well yeah so. true the, the only thing that can it's hard for some people like you a belief can be changed as intangible and behavioral conditioning over repetition just like you know you go through your four different levels of learning um and just like driving a car you know what i mean and through repetition you know like when you're in your learners oh my god everything so you're you're consciously skilled at the moment oh my god but i gotta think about it. oh my god where's the pedal oh my god yeah okay cool i'm getting there you know all right cool you know over a period of time on your learners now when you're an adult you know two three years later you just go on the car you just drive so now it becomes unconsciously unskilled so unconsciously mm. skilled so you just yes. do it on automation so like i said that's the, the there's the them factors you know your beliefs um and through repetition and the only the only thing that where that will you will come out at a halt is if you there's trauma, and trauma is just stuff that happens in your life that relieves what we call in coaching an imprint on your psyche. Mm. So you know like oh my god I'm not good enough, and my subconscious mind will go because of this happened in the past this happened in the past this yeah. happened in the past and until that's cleared cleared and your brain stops saying you know looks out see something that's happening in life it goes deeps down which is like your subconscious mind is like your library yeah you tick 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 oh hold on a second you had trauma here when you were seven oh trauma here when you were 12 and you sometimes don't even remember the event it just plays out isn't it 100 percent. that's why there's so much power and deep coaching and deep Mm. transformation because once you clear all these beliefs and any little trauma that comes out you have the literally have the power to transform your life and be anyone. I always say to people, there's a hidden power hidden deep inside each and every one of us, and once unlocked, your life becomes limitless. Hmm. Hmm. So, because this is something I sometimes wrestle with: is it becoming a better version of ourselves, or is it being a cleaner conduit of the power that lies within? 
what it's just abandoned to man like um how can I say this so being the better version of ourselves or being a cleaner I guess like the stages of change you have to want to change mm. you know I mean anyone has the power to change but if they're not even aware that they want to change they're never going to change yeah. so we have a stage side you know what I mean a contemplation <clears throat> phase is like alright cool am I alright am I going to change and then Mm. Yeah, you've made a choice to change and then after that you know it's like you have to always be clear in NLP we started with present state and then desired state so where am I at now and where do I want to be so it's and that's the most powerful where am I now at now and where do I mm. want to be and the best way to get to anywhere is just reverse engineering the process so you figure out you know okay I'm here for whatever reason I want to be successful whatever successful have X amount of money how do I get there and then you yeah. just got to literally start at the end and work your way backwards mm. a goal gives you direction but it's your habits and your behaviors that compound daily that get you there so if you don't have a routine for success you're never going to get there because mm. if you don't have routine and structure that is in accordance with your desired outcome, you're not going to get there because you're just going to be like everyone says in New Year's resolutions. Oh my God, yeah. I want they, they set this goal, but they don't change their behaviors or their actions or set a routine that gets them there. So they just do the same shit and then, or they'll try half-heartedly. They're like, All right, I'm going to go to the gym. I'll go to the gym and, you know, they won't go get a training routine they won't get a diet plan or they'll be like alright they get caught on the fence line like I want this I want that so they're like, I'm going to diet half two days a day or so two days two, two times a week eat shit three times and then get pissed and then get frustrated with themselves because they're not doing they're like, oh I tried but they didn't really try you know what I mean they tried to that's so it's all about habits and behaviors that get you into the directions routine habits and behaviors for success compounding that daily making sure whatever that's doing is programming you because you've got to remember that we're constantly programmed by the environment and so you've got to be proactive in your environment not reactive so it's my environment setting me up to be positive it's my environment and setting me up to be the person that I want to be am I doing the daily actions required to get me from no money to all the money in the world or whatever it may be in people's map and model of the world that's ultimately what people need to do and what I did as well and so <clears throat> when did you get to the point of going far out I'm doing this for myself I need to help others you know you're doing the gym but now it's like how do I do the mindset coach uh, with the mindset coaching it's just kind of been a byproduct on the side you know what I mean it's just been an upskilling mm-hmm. thing where I do coaching or coaching and consultations on the side when I get spare time and it's just a constant battle for me to become a better version of me so that you know I have a vision one day called the breakthrough mission which is I can help every the each and every day person create the life of their dreams and that's just you know creating self mastery understanding what's going on in the brain how how the brain actually works and mm. you know getting an understanding how your brain works and how it is that we, how it is the way that we are is massive mm. and one from that is learning what how to self master yourself so self mastery is a big one and it's something that I'm still you know I still I still uh, strive for all the time you know what I mean and self-mastery is just the ability to control your actions and your emotions. You know, a lot of people suffer from depression. They can't make the right choices, you know. The communication, there's ego, there's self-worth, there's self-love. Yeah. Motivation, it's on my board, bad habits, yeah. decision-making. There's so many different things that come into play with self-mastery. Once you master yourself and your actions, you can do anything because you have the ability to control the mind leads and the body obeys. And what happens is now you you're not you know you're not a servant to your mind. The mind's a servant to you, 
and that's the biggest misconception people just be reactive from their environment and let their mind control them from what we call like the unconscious programming so who are the typical sort of clients that you end up working with um, in my mindset coaching, man, it's just anyone that wants to create change, anyone that wants to, you know, increase their performance in their life. Yeah. It's like, uh, I have a lot of people and I, I don't really, you know, I haven't really gone hard out with the advertising because, you know, between everything that I do from, you know, me time, socializing, the gym and everything else and upskilling and building programs and stuff. Like I, I work with heaps of different people, you know, some people have self-worth issues. Some people are just hit with a rut and they just don't understand how to get out of it. They don't, they need, they need clarity. You know what I mean? I think having a coach in your life, even if for myself, you know, it's so much power because Mm. the coach speaks your uh your coach looks for your blind spots and your weak spots and makes them clear for you yes so they they literally point you in the right direction and transform you in that way but you know i work with their heaps of different guys from you know females that have self-worth issues confidence issues and they're struggling to you know get clarity and build motivation in their life to you know guys with you know the same thing you know like they're becoming a prisoner of their mind they have self-worth they have problems or to guys that just want general performance that want to be someone there to transform their beliefs or their life in retrospect of getting them helping them boost them to get them to where they need to be hmm and what are some of the what are the, some of the the ruts and barriers and traumas that well not specifics the traumas but what are some of the ruts and barriers that you often see you know if you chunk up and look across well it can be a range of different things I think the biggest thing for people is <clears throat> once they just get a better understanding that it's empowerment via responsibility and mm. once they just start owning their problems and you know saying that in life I'm I've got to myself here because of me. And once they take a power from that and become start becoming a creator of their destiny rather than a victim, yeah, that's when everything changes for them. Mm. And then a lot of things as well, like you can't build a you know a strong founda- a strong house on weak foundations. Mm. So sometimes it's a lot of clearing, uh, clearing of you know just past traumatic events. You know, like I'm like this because of X, Y, Z. And it's something just letting people, you know, letting people let go of the past. And the biggest thing that I say, your past doesn't equal the future unless you live there. So if I'm always going, oh, I can't do that because of this in the past. I can't do this because of this in the past. You're always there. So it's just clearing out that and knowing that each and every day you have the opportunity to be whoever that you want to be and create your own destiny by the thoughts and the feelings and the actions and the decisions that you make. And I guess once you have the, a belief set system that empowers and believes that, if you believe you can do something, you're always going to have the motivation behind it to do it. Hmm. Do you find, um, you said you haven't put so much marketing message out there, but do you find that, because like, there's a lot of energy around you as a set of lessons, do you find you being you attracts people, like we were saying earlier on, you know, power brings people in? And, yeah. and a certain energy brings people in. Do you find you bring clients to you by just being Jake? Yeah, yeah, that's where a lot of... Like, I don't know, I haven't really pushed any marketing out for it as well. <clears throat> uh, I guess the biggest thing in that is, like, this is a side project for me as well at the moment, you know what I mean? Because it's a passion. It's something that I want to go to 
uh, you know want to go do later on in life you know the gym's the core stuff yeah the gym's all the core stuff and that's our foundation me and Benny are growing we're learning we're learning all this stuff we have future aspirations I've opened more of them but this side project for me is a (coughs) massive passion for mine and they both collide you know I want to go talk at schools prisons I want to build these online courses and then I want to be able to figure out a way with like with my online courses is to reach more people you know what I mean if I can Mm. inspire and reach more people I can ultimately help more people and the 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 key value behind like wanting to help people and everything else like that is because I know how much it sucks to be in a rut. I know how shit it is to feel like you have nothing, and I want people to be able to feel like that. And I I know the power and be able to see life is so beautiful, and in comparison to where I just seen it as just a, you know, always just kind of in life, not actually participating and living it. Mm. So that would be the difference. I was participating in life, not living it and enjoying it. Yeah. And a lot of people in life, whether they like it or not, you know, they participate in it. You know what I mean? I can see beauty in just waking up and going out and just seeing the clear, star, clear sky yeah. and just finding gratitude in that. You know, gratitude is one of the most powerful things. So, Is there a part of this which is uh, Jake protecting more people? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I get in a way of that is benevolently. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, you know, if if I'm to process that, man, in a way it is because awesome. if I can, you know, do this transformation myself, and if I can learn all these things that I've learned, and if I can give that to someone else, so they don't have to live that shit, or they can be like, hold mm. on a second, this is what's going on up here. I have a choice. And then they understand why it is the way that they are and how to change it. Mm. And then they come from there, can change their life or change someone else's life. Mm. So much power in that, man. And um, I guess... It's way stronger than just leveling up so you can look after yourself in the schoolyard. Yeah, exactly. I guess you look at any successful person, right? And once you have everything, right, that that can be great. But what's the underlying value, you know what I mean? Once you've got everything in the world, you're either left with nothing to give. So what do you want to do? You want to give back. And I'm not even at that point where I have everything in the world, you know what I mean? Mm. I don't, but I just understand, <clears throat> you know, like if I level up, my natural instinct and byproduct of my psychology or biology, I want everyone around me to be like I am. Mm. And I guess that if I could bring that down to that protection thing that I said earlier, like, you know, being protection and powerful and there's people that are out there that feel weak and insecure, I want to kind of bring them up. So if I reverse that back, that's the same thing in successful and being able to be that in my, you know, my, with my mindset. Like, if I can do this, guys, you can too. So it's like giving to the people that need it. You know what I mean? And mm. So and I guess, yeah, that one of the six human, uh, six core human needs is contribution. Yeah. Everyone wants to, yeah, everyone wants to give back. You look at Bill Gates at the moment, like he's you know, not the CEO of Microsoft anymore, he's got the Bill Gates um the foundations and he's, you know, trying to serve, solve first world problems, like he's trying to solve the um you know, third world countries getting like diarrhea and all that stuff by creating like a self proficient running toilet because they don't have like runnable water out into all the specific areas that they do. He's trying to sort out the atmosphere because he wants to give back to people and like you look at anyone that's successful they automatically just want to give back to people because mm. they've made it. One of those, the thing that makes me feel so much powerful in life, you know, is giving back. And I, I always think that, you know, like a big part of me, I love team. I'm all about one team, you know what I mean? And um, I feel like if a lot of people learnt, you know, the values and the characteristics to be able to support people 
and bring people up rather than do stuff to make them feel better or bring them down one team one dream you know what I mean if mm. if everyone can be successful why not you know what I mean so what are Jake's values you've talked about these several times um, well depends like if in what context my core values you know of of who I am or would be you know loyalty has to be love integrity mm discipline um and obviously the, the reason yeah my core values of who i am and who i make myself yeah would be loyalty love discipline integrity um and that's probably the four ones that i can name off the top yeah. of my bat but the reason you know like why i do all my action in the day-to-day life my, my my values of you know what's important to me is you know growth you know, if you're not growing, we're dying. Yep. And that kind of correlates straight back to fulfillment. You know, if we're not growing, we're dying, but are you being fulfilled in what you're doing? And, yes. you know, helping people in the gym, like me and Benny, we just, we talk shit to everyone in the gym. It's like banter, you know, because one of my other human, oh, so my other core values is, you know, love and connection. Yeah. So we kind of helping people transform their lives in the fitness. We're talking shit. We, we care about them and we're getting that connection factor that yeah. met there. Um, I guess like anything, man, um, contribution and money is always going to be in your top values because if you don't make money a priority, you know, how are you meant to, you know, you could do all these fantastic things, but if it's not for a trade of power, you're going to get nowhere, mm. unfortunately. And what you, and it seems so shallow, but the more money that you have, the more people that you can help. Yeah. And that's just truth. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have to have money up in there. And success. <clears throat> success is one of the biggest ones for me, man. Success. Um, because that's... What does success mean? Yeah. So for me, it all relates back to that transformational point where I had nothing. And it, it means, you know, that that was... When, when you have nothing and no money, you feel like you're at the bottom of the barrel and it's shit, you know what I mean? It's absolutely shit, and some people that might like who's listening to this will be able to relate. You know, you don't you don't want to sit there, and then the plural opposite to uh, feeling or what can I say, fucked or shit. Yeah, is the opposite of that is you know happy and success. Yeah. So that was a tra- massive trauma. That was probably one of the most traumatic things happening in my life. I remember just sitting on the the couch, you know, in tears of like why the hell why did I do this you know what I mean why yeah. am I here where I am and at the same time when the poor opposite is the most empowering time because this is what drives mm. my psyche to be financially free in a way I could say I'm there although I pay myself that I don't pay myself that much from the gym like any gym owners or business operators would know like when you're in business and stuff like that it's not all sunshine and rainbows you know what I mean? you know mm. automatically have money you go on trees that shit takes time but that's my that's my goal you know what I mean and I, that's what is so embedded and driven in my psyche to be successful what I do you know what I mean I have a, an understanding and a blueprint I know exactly what it takes to do it I'm just going to keep compounding you know what I mean I think Dr. D. Martini says is never do you know never define yourself as successful because that's when you give yourself the opportunity to um, prioritize your tar- your day with low priority tasks that don't yes. get you to where you do and it's the low priority tasks that you need to outsource and keep yourself always with high value priority tasks that get you to where you want to be, whether that's, you know, your study, working on your business, doing your marketing, you know, 
becoming a better version of yourself or even you know like one of my top values is love and connection just hanging out with my friends hanging out with my family yeah. so you always want to keep your day scheduled in high priority tasks that make stuff that empower you and keep you energized mm. and try to outsource the stuff that de-energizes you you know whatever yeah. it is doing dishes or laundry <laughs> and stuff that's why I'm always trying to like outsource all of that stuff yeah. all the time do you believe that in on one level like you had to get to that crappy point to get to where you are. Like you had to. I believe you know, and it, and it's hard because I've had some traumatizing things happen to me, and I think you know, everything in life does happen for a reason. Mm. Sometimes it's not as good as others. You know what I mean? Like we've our our friendship uh, group suffered a big loss at an early age to someone, and um, you know, and that was kind of hard for me to reiterate that belief that everything in life happens for a reason but you know part of me still believes that mm. and you know like I lost a friend not more about two years ago now and maybe then uh, the only way that I can reframe that mm. is if I say everything in life happens for a reason maybe um, you know maybe heaven or universal consciousness needed an angel and that's what he's there for mm. because he was um, you know, a very close friend of mine and um, like I said, if any of my friends listen to this, they'll, they'll relate to it. And um, maybe they needed him up there. Mm. And one of the things that's really impressive about sitting, talk and listen to you is um, that whole, I'm not taking a backward step. This is what I stand for. You know, before it was more sort of physically the conflict. Now it's more sort of, these are my values. I'm not taking a backward step on this. Yeah. I find, I find as I look across, there's, there's almost less and less people doing that. They're sort of like, oh, well, I'll flex today or I'll do that or I'll do that or do that. Is part of the big value delivery of what you do, Jay, mm. being that I don't, I don't take a backward step. That's just not who I am. Mm do you think so be more specific is it like is it my values like it strikes me that as I look out and and, and at, at times it's not every person that I meet but as I look out I meet people that are not as aligned with their values or even if they do get close to them it gets scary because it it might mean that they actually have to do something that gets uncomfortable mm. if they acknowledge that there are values and there are things that are important to them and so in doing that, often we find that people get quite triggered by stuff and they don't quite understand why they're getting triggered because it is actually touching on a deep value down mm. there. And, and it's part of you know, your distilled value proposition, the fact that, yeah, I am really aligned to my values. I am unapologetic about it. And this is how I go forward. I guess, man, uh, for people that don't you know aren't in alignment with their values is a couple of different reasons you know you know if you your values depict like what you said before where you spend your time and if you're aligned with your passion and your purpose 
it's really hard to steer or steer away from mm. your values and your mission. You know what I mean? Mm. A lot of people, you know, that's where regret starts. Chris, you, exactly, and this is where a lot of people fall off the bandwagon. Is because a there's belief set in place, and beliefs trigger fear, fear mm. of failure, fear of judgment, fear of disappointment, fear of not being good enough, and these fears control your behaviours. You know what mm. I mean? Like I said, all right, go jump off that cliff. Oh. Oh, hold on a second, I don't want to because there's a fear there. Mm. So now if I put that in context of go chase your dreams. Oh, oh hold on. No. Oh. And then what happens is we go into this state of creative avoidance and yeah. we'll start to go do, oh, yeah, well, I want to do that. But, I, oh, I'm busy doing this. I've got to go do the washing and this. And, oh, I've got to do that. And you have to start to fill your dough with low priority tasks. It's until we break through them fears is... When, when, when we break, have the courage to break through them fears and do something different, that's when, you know, you start to become more aligned with your values. I did a video on it and it was about an ant. If you draw a circle around the ant, it will think it's trapped. If you draw an even smaller circle around the ant, its world's just confined again. It's not actually a circle that's controlling the ant. It's a belief system that the ant has thinking that it's trapped. Because yeah. I think it's in a prison cell that's non-existent. But yeah. they're perceiving a barrier to be there. So in people and in life, if they perceive a barrier to be there, they're not going to go through it unless they have what? The courage to do it. And it was until the ant accidentally crossed the fake lines and it was like, hold oh, on a second, I'm actually not even trapped here. Yeah. And it just ran away and it couldn't be trapped again. So this is what everyone's doing in life. Yeah. They have these perceived batteries yeah. and and they're just shrinking and confining their reality or their world from their barriers. Mm. And that's what happens to everyone and that's how everyone gets out of alignment with their values because it's too hard, it's too much fear and they get too much creative avoidance and then they're self-re-encycling and behavioral conditioning to reaffirming that belief. And then the belief is what controls mm. all behaviors. So that's what's happening and still we you know, build up the courage or have a strong enough desire on the other side to achieve it. And, you know, or if you get fed up, like a lot of people don't change until they hit a pain threshold point like yeah. I did. And, they, and that's when frustration and, and courage builds up, you know, like F this, F that, I'm going no matter what, I don't care what's on the other side. That's yeah. what happened to me. And sometimes people need that same thing to happen to them yeah. or it needs to be perceived in a different way. And, you know, knowing that it's only a fear holding them back or a belief set that they have. And that's how people fall out in alignment of who they want to be. And I know all that. So that's why I have my core alignment. And don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect. You know what I mean? I no. still do it. You know what I mean? Like my biggest uh, my biggest downfall was probably alcohol. Because, you know, I still have this a massive lifestyle of hard work, ethic and everything else like that. But growing up in with my friendship circle, you know, and one of my highest values is love and connection. And I already know why I do it. And, you know, like when we have a beer, there's love and connection going on and communication is also a high value of mine. So yeah. that kind of always in a state of flow and it's kind of conditioning to me. And I don't know, I can break it, but it's just like something that I enjoy. So, yeah. But that's the only thing, you know what I mean? Competing priorities. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the only thing that kind of hopes me back. And that's something that... I'm transforming at the moment still, mm. you know what I mean? Because I know I can do it. It's just... Because yeah. I was going to ask, what are some of the weeds in the garden that Jake's working yeah, on? Yeah, mine's probably alcohol still, man. And it's something that, you know, like maybe at a later date I'll give up. It's just something that I'm speeding around the bush at the moment. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. stu- I'm still getting to where I am. 
with having it you know what I mean not freaking crazy you know what I mean like all yeah. the time like, but um, it's just something that you know it's just in the culture of growing up from a young age it's just been linked to love connection and communication yeah. and that's also in this day and age where everyone gets trapped to in this day and age everyone gets trapped in the same self-sabotaging cycles they go Monday to Friday oh my god the weekend's here let's freaking boom boom, party waste all my money without having sitting you know what I mean yeah yeah, you can go out and waste money sometimes but guess what Uh, I always call zigzag balancing yin yang you have to have specific goals in place if you're still going out through your week you're meeting targets you're doing what it's required to get you to where you need to be so if you're doing like, you know, 80-20, you know, 80% good, 20% backwards, you're still progressing. And if you're yeah. happy with that progression and it's still in alignment with you, that's fine. It's only, you only need, you know, so you can still be congruent and you have a little bit of self-sabotaging if you enjoy it and you're happy mm. with that. But if you want to go forward quicker, yeah. you need to make the sacrifices. Dare I argue that you're actually consciously self-sabotaging. You're not trapped by it. Mm. I know exactly. Sometimes it's self-sabotaging with stuff that I do, but, you know, I've put the back end. I'm doing the back end so I can still progress forward a lot and be hit back a little bit, but not enough to push me back. Yeah. And that's only just, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah, not enough. It'd be like, um, I'm going percent, like 80% or probably be going percent, 100% then coming back 20. You're not going forwards. You're not net going backwards. No, I can't deal with that. You know what I mean? A lot of people will agree, you know what I mean? Like even when I, I can't, yeah, you know, if I don't go to the gym or if I've eaten shit, you know, it's just like my instant reaction on my psyche. I'll just go into a rut like, what are you doing? You can't go back this far. Yes. And then, and then I'm like, all right, cool, you have to do a 1,500 calorie. And that's all part of leveling up. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I eat shit sometimes, I'll eat, do a 1,500 calorie workout sometimes the next day or something like that. But in the, at the end of the day, I always think that, you know, especially to transform your everyday people, you've got to teach people to have balance. Yeah. And, you know, like when, if people want to meet their people targets. They're not going to turn to a monk overnight. Yeah. No, no, not a chance, man. You know what I mean? Until they have that strong enough reason why, they're not going to do it. And mm. you need to be able to say, hey, you can still progress in life and still have the balance. You know, we always tell everyone mm. that you can still have the good things that you enjoy in life. But it's just about finding the balance point and the equilibrium that works for you and that you're happy with you know what I mean if I wanted to get you know like progress more and more faster I just have to be willing to sacrifice it more mm. stuff because that's all it comes down to you draw a line in the sand sometimes you choose A or you choose B to go into A side what are you willing to sacrifice to get to A side you know sometimes is it time is it you know hanging out with friends what is it? there's this there's that you can have that a lot of people but Mm. That that always comes back to you know your wheel of life and your balance, of you know your emotional, your relationships and everything else. I may be able to get there quicker, but what, at what sacrifice? Yeah, ignoring my friends, you know, not going out trade-off. and communicating. It's a trade off thing. So you find your trade off that works for you, and keep moving forward. Mm. What have you learned about yourself, Jake, through all this? Um, that anyone can achieve anything. Um, anyone has the power to change. And, you know, it just depends if you have a desire. Like, I remember growing up, uh, like, as a younger kid, I was kind of arrogant sometimes and a bit of an asshole. And as I progressed, I thought there was so, so much power and just being genuine and authentic and caring about people and being, you know, someone that could, you know, 
is so lethal still at the same time because you know you have a high value of you know discipline martial arts but so lethal but can care for the most you know in, you know insignificant person in the world and try to help them out you know what I mean yeah and just try to be able to help people and drag them out and I think that's just so powerful being that person especially like being in the personal development uh, industry that I am and being heavily heavily tattooed and I mean I've you know pretty much covered from head to toe now my stomach and my back my hands my back my neck you know I still have a tattoo on my finger that says fuck your crew from um (laughs) my uh, uh, olden days we'll be getting lasered soon but um yeah being just being able to be that person and just making people have a paradigm shift completely shift their attitude and being able to change them like oh my god I thought you were going to rob me or do this but you just be so gentle you know thought authentic genuine soul that I've met and yeah. I think it's a barrier that people are still trying to get through in society and you know, and that's just based off propaganda stigma and people just doing generalised behaviour you know yeah. it's an automatic defect in our brain to just generalise a category into a specific person until it gets shown otherwise but I think that's really being narrow perspective you need to have that judgment of character to be able to understand someone before that you can judge them mm. <coughs> i think that's all just coming down to transcending your ego as well which is a big one that it helped for me you know what i mean i'm still in the process of you know transcending everything of my ego and that's that's powerful mm. what's the next three to five years look like three to five years man i want to open two to three gyms um, you know, again, we have a strong work ethic for that. You know, we're we're not just trying to pop regular gyms out there like you know your standard gyms. With our gyms that we're trying to create, man, we're trying to create community. Um, you know, top of the line customer service and making the place for people to call home, and that takes a little bit longer. So, two to three gyms, I want to launch the breakthrough mission, and the idea behind that is. You know, I want to change one uh, the perspective or the life or the mindset of one million people's lives at a time, and then that's kind of linked to, you know, once they change their lives, hopefully that they can go out and change someone else's, because all right. it takes is you know from someone to help shift someone's perception and something to change their life. So I want to launch the breakthrough mission. Um, I want to get out there. I've got a, a, a vision of doing a TED talk. Uh, so I want to do a TED talk I want to go talk at schools and prisons and um, just get out there and do as much public speaking as I can and um, just continue to better myself in every single every single way that I can and um, just help everyone else that's around me make them the best you know version of themselves whether that's you know finding the career for themselves you know just transforming themselves and making themselves happier because like I said at the start of the podcast at the end of the day, all you are left with is your experiences and your emotions and your memories. Mm. So while we're on this planet, why don't we make it the best experience, <clears throat> have the best memories and be as happy as we can? Life's too short to be consumed by negativity and, you know, not negativity and guilt, but negativity and fear. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing that can hold anyone back, fear you know, and just living it in a victim mindset. Why me? Not why me. Come more like come try me. This is my, this is my life. I'm taking control, and I choose to live the best life. So awesome. How do you keep yourself grounded? 
What do you do to keep yourself? So, no, I have a daily routine. Um, you know, I'll wake up, I've got it on my other thing, nine times out of ten, I sort of, I'll wake up, you know, make my bed, you know, I got this from a very empowering Navy SEAL speech, that's why I try to like base a lot of my stuff off, and it was just like, you know, you do the a small action completed for the day, as simple as making your bed, can lead on to so many actions, so I get up, I make my bed nine times out of ten, depending on, you know, my sleep patterns, which are generally good, I always try to get a good seven, eight hours sleep, 20 25 push-ups, 25 star jumps, and the idea is that is your body in motion. Uh, so your body in motion creates emotion. So using your physiology can create mm. state. So I just get myself, wake myself up, and I go to I have positive affirmations, and I'll say to myself, I'll go to the the bathroom, I brush my teeth with the left hand. Um, I the reason why I do that is I was listening to a guy called Jim Quick, yep. who's a super learning master or whatever and he says that when you dry your brain sorry when you brush uh, brush your teeth with the left hand it, it releases brain neurotropic factor or brain derived neurotropic factor which is just engaging both hemispheres of the brain so i brush my teeth with my left hand every morning i'll take my i'll take my vitamins like my multivitamins uh vitamin b12 uh fish oils um and vitamin b i think it is which is an energy booster i'll take my vitamins brush my teeth, make sure that I've had my, you know, my, my, my day is always set the day before. Uh, I'll go over to that, go, go to drive to work. I do box breathing. I learned that from Mark Devine, who's another Navy SEAL. And it's just learning how to control your thoughts, becoming present, which is really powerful because when you understand the mind, it's like being at a train station. You got positive thoughts on one side and negative thoughts on the other side. When you're thinking, you can jump in on that and write it out. Or you can just sit there and watch and observe. So I box breathe, then I get to my gym or wherever it is, then I do a gratitude journal. Mm. And then the, the difference is, is when I do it, I'm feeling everything, every bit of it with all, I'm trying to, I'm, to engage as much emotion as I can. Because if you think about it, if you say that you love you to someone, love you without meaning, it's just words. So if you're writing a journal without meaning, it's just words. So when I write my journal, I'm making sure I'm feeling every bit of it. So I do something that I'm grateful for. Maybe I write myself something that's happy. That's happy for me. And then I write maybe something that inspires me or makes me feel energized. Then I write my intention for the day, and then I'll create myself. So, I, so my intention might be, you know, to become a better communicator, to be, you know, reach out to people and give them a compliment. And then I'll literally go through a process of creating myself, which is like, you know, I I create myself every day, and I have the opportunity to become this I am XYZ and this is me the world occurs to me like this I occur to me as a strong resilient individual and um, you occur to me as as in a happy individual because if in my world if everyone occurs to me as happy and loving they're associating to me on that whether it's the case or not but I literally get the choice to create myself and the world around me if the yeah. world occurs to me as a safe loving place I'm getting that feeling of a um, inner around that certain place. So mm. I, I do that every morning and then I usually go into the gym and then just hype myself up with music, motivational music, and then I just turn it on every morning or mm. depending if I'm on mornings or lates. And that's that's a process I go through. And then um, I'm just refining my, my, my nighttime uh, uh, 
routine, which is just generally setting myself up for the day. But I generally always set my week up for success. So I know specifically what I do every day for training and everything else like that. And I've noticed massive difference when I haven't done it. How okay. do you mean by set the week up for success? So what I said before, if you're, you know, routine and daily habits get you to where you want to be. So generally most Sundays I'll set my week up. I need to know what I'm training for seven days a week. Yeah. I need to know what tasks that I'm going to, I have to complete for each specific thing that I may have to do, you know, whether it's, I mean, it's Toastmasters, I'm, in, I'm at the work at the gym or I'm, you know, doing information on here or building my course or whatever it is, I need to know every task what I'm doing. So it doesn't come and, you know, like your brain can always be distracted. Like, I'm going to go to the gym today. Yeah. I'm going to go study today. Until it has a time, a place, and you know what you're doing, you know what your outcome is and why you're doing it and what you have to do in that outcome, then it, otherwise that's when we can just fall off track. So yeah. I need to set that out all the week. So I just go into each day with a plan. All right, this is what I've got. All right, my morning routine, bang, that's routine. You know, routine, bang, I'm feeling great. Go to the gym, bang, okay, after the gym, bang, this is what I'm training. Bang, cool, I'm in the car, no extra time. I call it no extra time. In the car, what podcast can I listen to while I'm going home? Is yeah. it serving me? Bang, get to home, eat food, all right, cool, what am I working on? I already got a plan, bang. Boom, done that, back bang to the gym, boom, back home, evening routine, bang, next day. So everything is systemized, you know, system for success. If, you, if you're point A, point B, and you've got a staircase, you're going to get to it. If you're riding a roller coaster, you're just going to go, oh, I feel good, no, I don't feel shit, oh, I feel good about myself, I feel shit. Yeah. So it's creating that system, building your system for yourself to get you from point A to point B. That's how you get to wherever you need to be. If you don't have a system, if you don't have a routine, if you don't have, know the actions that's required to get you to where you want to be, you'll never get there. Last question I ask all my guests. If you could load up a little nugget into the collective consciousness, everyone just gets it, what would it be? So collective consciousness, is that by like a thought or is it a habit or is it like a message? Belief. A belief. So we taught neuro-linguistic program. If you could instill a belief, so everyone just... What would it be? I am unstoppable. Excellent. And the reason why that I'd say that because it kind of branches out to everything. If you feel unstoppable, you think that you can do anything. If I'm unstoppable, fear doesn't control me. If I'm unstoppable, I can chase my dreams. If I'm unstoppable, I can be the best parent that I can be. If I'm unstoppable, I can grow my business to be the best thing that I can be. If I'm unstoppable, it doesn't matter how many times I get knocked down in the gym, I'm gonna keep getting up and going forward and get till I get to the body of my dreams. So that's what I'd say. Be everyone bound to define themselves as I I am unstoppable. Awesome. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, just Facebook or Instagram and Jake Ward Official or just type up Jake Ward on mm. uh, Facebook and get at me or if they're in the Rockingham area reach out to me and come to come to a free search at Corn Iron it's 31 minutes it'll blow your mind away Jake like I've super enjoyed today like you have this amazing raw authentic value based no bullshit energy about you it's just fucking awesome to be around thank you my man it's been a pleasure being on you cool thank you Thank you, man. <laughs>